You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our weekly Royals chat. Going to bring in Jeffrey Flanagan. And, Jeffrey, uh, the Royals had a very rough weekend uh, here in Cleveland. Four-game sweep at the hands of the Indians. Drops them into second place. And, you know, Ned Jost made the point after Sunday's game that, look, they were coming off an undefeated homestand, and they pitched well within that. So it's not exactly time for panic or anything like that. But um, but it is noticeable. The, the rotation ERA uh, is now up to 4.86 after Chris Young's performance on Sunday. And, you know, last year this club got away with a, a pedestrian or even sub-pedestrian ERA uh, out of the starting five. This year, it's been, uh, you know, even ramped up another notch as far as the difficulty uh, of the rotation. What have been your thoughts on, on how that's all shaken out and and uh, the upside there going forward? Well, there's definitely there is no place to go, but uh, probably uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been that bad. But it, just lately, mainly, I mean, there have been some bright spots too. I mean, Danny Duffy has looked very good, uh, you know, taking over the number four spot. Uh, they haven't really secured the number five spot yet. Ian Kennedy's been pretty solid. You know, Eddie Volquez has gone through some slumps. The real big enigma, you know, probably has been Jordano. Um, for sure, it just uh, it can't seem to quite get him settled in. Um, so that all has to kind of get fixed. It doesn't have to be great, as we've talked about many, many times with their bullpen and their defense. They don't need, you know, five Clayton Kershaws in there, but they do need guys to, you know, start going to the sixth inning and keeping them in games more often. That certainly didn't happen much over the weekend, although you know, the Thursday night game is a game that, uh, that, that kind of haunts them. Uh, you know, they have the lead uh, late in the game, and, and that's usually a game they put away. They did not. And I think there's a little bit of a hangover effect from that, from that game. But um, Chris Young, yeah, he's been, uh, he was very good coming um, back from the DL at two strong outings uh, in relief, and his first start back uh, – was pretty good for four innings, and then boom, 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 and you know, the fifth inning is, is a total disaster, and he's giving up home runs again. So uh, Ned kind of attributed that to just fatigue, um, you know, trying to stretch him back to 80 to 100 pitches, and that's where he ran into trouble, but uh, uh, something certainly to keep an eye on. Yeah, Chris Young has now allowed 17 home runs and 41 innings of work this year, not a great ratio, and it's his ERA is now up to 6.37. So uh, a guy who was a tremendous contributor to pitching staff last year's had his unexpected struggles here in 2016. But uh, yeah, Jeffrey, you know, you mentioned the, the Thursday game where, where they blow the late lead and uh, opted to rest Wade Davis in that game and came back to bite them. They actually did not need Davis the rest of the weekend <laughs> because of the, the performance of the starters. But um, it's interesting. I mean, this club is 11 and 19 on the road this year. Uh, I believe the Twins, Reds, and Padres are the only clubs with worst road records here at this, you know, somewhat early juncture of the season, about a third of the way through the season. Uh, you know, we know the Royals are a team built for the home park, but it is pretty striking how they've been two different ball clubs this year. Yeah, it has been. Uh, in the last few years, they've actually been very good on the road. So this is, this is kind of strange for them. Um, you know, they had a bad career in New York. They lost three out of four, and obviously uh, – uh, what is it now, seven out of eight to the Indians, uh, something like that, or yeah. six out of eight uh, in Cleveland. I don't think they want to see Cleveland anytime soon. So, uh, you know, there, there have been places they played well on the road. Um, there have been places they have not played well. So uh, it's a long season, of course, and I expect those numbers to kind of even out. So we talked a little bit last week about asking the question of what Merrifield had basically supplanted Omar Infante at second base. It sure seen that way. And then uh, Infante made a, a 
offensive miscue that was costly in Thursday's loss. Uh, hasn't distracted the All-Star game voters at all. And Fonte's actually second uh, in the first ballot update. He was second at second base uh, behind Jose Altuve. So second on the Royals' dub chart and second in the All-Star <laughs> game voting. Pretty interesting that na- dynamic there. But is it safe to say, especially after that, that uh, defensive issue Thursday, I mean, it, it certainly seems like a foregone conclusion. We're going to be seeing a lot more of Merrifield, a lot less of Fonte. Yeah, I think that's for sure. And, and that became more evident on Sunday against Kluber because uh, Omar actually hit it hit Kluber very well in the past at a big day against him last year, and, and we don't yeah. see him at all in the lineup. So uh, what, what we've seen from Whit Merrifield, and, and obviously he's been an offensive spark hitting in the number two spot. Uh, he's got a lot more speed. He can make things happen on the bases, and uh, they need that right now. And, and I think all they were looking for is can, can Whit uh, play defend at second base and, and, and be that guy. And, and so far we've seen he is, and he's actually shown some really good range. Um, so, yeah, I, I – Ned hasn't officially announced that yet, but I would suspect that uh, we're going to see a lot less of, of Omar, especially after that very costly miscue on Thursday. And uh, he's had troubles all year, you know, turning the double play, and, and that was a big one not to turn and cost him a run, may have cost him the game. And uh, so, you know, it, it's probably not a hard decision if you're a manager to go with the, with the hot bat and the hot glove. I wonder if there's any chance we see less of Kendrick Morales against right-handed pitching, at least uh, in the interim. Uh, you know, I, we, we talk about Morales' struggles uh, here and there on this podcast, Jeffrey, and I knew that the splits were bad, uh, you know, righties versus lefties. I, didn't, I don't think I realized until this weekend just quite how bad. Uh, going into the week, he's uh, got an OPS of 851 versus lefties, 493 versus right-handers, and unfortunately for him, you know, some 75% of the population is right-handed. Right. Um, I don't know how you explain such a thing, uh, you know, Morales' splits as, as a switch hitter here, but this has obviously been, uh, you know, been a big hindrance for him this season. Yeah, and, and it's hurt the offense. There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you look at Kendrick's uh, career splits, uh, and they're almost even. I mean, he's he's been very, very good, very effective from both sides of the plate. For whatever reason, this year, uh, he's just not been able to handle right-handed pitching. Um, it used to be the old theory was, and the Royals did this quite often, they they would try to turn him around right-handed because they thought yeah. that, that was his weaker side. And this year it's just the exact opposite. And uh, I will say, and, you know, fans are going to get tired of hearing this, but he has hit a lot of balls hard right at people. And some of that's, mm. you know, just kind of some stubbornness to hitting right into the defensive shift. But there have been also times where he's, you know, lined out to, and outfielders have made great plays on him and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of wore on him mentally that even when he does barrel a ball up, uh, it's an out. So, but yeah, there's uh, there's probably a lot of thought going on among the coaching staff is you know what do what do they do? You know they can't just keep running a guy out there who's hitting 142 against righties. But the problem is there there aren't a lot of options right now. You know the one guy was kind of hitting uh, the rookie Brett Eibner, and now you know then he went down, so he's not an option right now. So you know you can go with the Fuentes and, and Dysons, and but you know look this is a lineup that's already missing the power of Moustakas and Alex Gordon and you know, can you take? Can you afford to take out another potential home run guy? Although he hasn't been doing a lot lately, but can you take that power bat out of the lineup too? It becomes a, you know, a really strange looking lineup without, uh, especially in the middle, without any power. Well, speaking of depth options uh, on the pitching side, we, we thought this might be the season where we see Kyle Zimmer uh, make his big league debut, but uh, he's now on oh. the DL, AAA because of shoulder fatigue. It's such a bummer, Jeffrey. This this career just keeps getting sidetracked. Yeah, and, and there's really no explanation. I mean, they've done the MRIs, they've done all the testing, and 
there's nothing structurally wrong uh, is what they're telling me. It's just um, the kid just, you know, feels this fatigue a lot and in the shoulder. And uh, they shut him down a couple of weeks ago, uh, hoping he would, he would, that would be enough to have him bounce back. But uh, yesterday I learned that uh, they went ahead and put him on the disabled list. And uh, they're just going to rest him now and see if, if that uh, if a prolonged rest will help him. But uh, he's got so much talent, so much ability. Uh, we saw that in spring training. We've seen it in flashes in the minors. Uh, when he's on, um, he's probably got as good of stuff as anybody in the organization. But it doesn't do him much good when he's uh, when he's on the DL. Uh, one last thing, Jeffrey. James Shields was such a, a big figure in the Royals' rise uh, to relevance a couple of years back, and such a central figure in that rotation. What do you think? It'd be strange seeing him in a in a White Sox uniform now <laughs> on the other side uh, in this division race. Yeah, it, it, it kind of will be, although I guess we'll, we'll miss him this weekend in Chicago. Um, yeah. Maybe that was by design. Um, but, yeah, the White Sox certainly mean business. Uh, they're going out and getting everybody they can in their rotation. And there's probably some Royals fans wondering why they don't do the same. But uh, I think the Royals are confident that uh, they're finally going to get their rotation settled here, you know, in the coming months and, and you know, obviously stay in the rota- stay in the, in the mix for the for the pennant. And, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, they game James uh, in the division now, so they'll, they'll end up seeing him sooner or later. All right, there you have it. That's Jeffrey Flanagan with the latest on all things Royals. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.